0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your non-stop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn
0: can't wait welcome back to another episode of the can't wait podcast Tim mcmast here along with zach rosenblatt our jets reporter at the athletic and marissa dunn our producer we're going to talk about what went wrong of course last weekend for the new york jets and why that means it's it's all over now for this team as far as this season goes with one week to play we'll talk about mike white uh there are so many question marks uh we'll talk about the coaching staff and all of that we also want to hear from you so get your comments about how you're feeling right now about this jets team into the comments section uh but before we do get into the show um and the jets side of things we are recording this on wednesday uh this week because we didn't feel right doing the show yesterday with all the unknowns around damar hamlin and how that situation is really impacting everyone across the nfl like everyone else we are hoping for the best possible news and for Hamlin to make a full recovery. Uh, I mentioned the the teams are all dealing with this. Obviously, the Bills and the Bengals were there on Monday night for um, to kind of witness firsthand Hamlin collapsing and everything that went from them, for him being rushed to the hospital, the CPR on the field, all of the stuff. Um, but all 32 teams are impacted in a huge way because there is a brotherhood. The Jets are dealing with it as well. So, Zach, I wanted to start there. Um, because Robert Salas spoke about it a little bit today. What are the Jets doing to just kind of cope with players and and everything that's going on with this situation? Yeah,
1: he he told us that uh, in their Wednesday meeting, um, he allowed the players the chance to speak up and talk about how they're feeling and how they feel about this. He brought team doctors into the room, and uh, they were able to ask the doctors any questions they had about everything going on because, you know, what happened in. I don't know if it's ever happened in an NFL game before. I think it's a common thing that has happened in baseball. And I think I've seen – I saw something with Chris Pronger in hockey, I think it happened too. Um, so it's obviously very scary. And I, I'm sure there are some players wondering, like, am I at risk of this happening to me every time I go on the field? Um, I, I think that was probably the right way to handle it. And, you know, the, Rob Robert had a pretty somber tone. I, you understand why. Even just asking him about, you know, this has been a topic – I think Ryan Clark on ESPN kind of covered this as well as anybody could. Um, you know, how guys talk about things like – I put my life on the line for this game. We're going to war. Um, You know, they they always preach violence in the Jets building. Like, they want a defense that's violent. Um, And you hear those words, and they become more than just words when you see things like like what we saw. So I'm sure there's a lot of guys doing a lot of reflecting. I can't even imagine what guys who are on the field when it happened are dealing with. That's pretty traumatizing. Um, You know, I I think this is just league-wide – I don't know. It, I think everybody's kind of reeling from this and, and kind of reflecting on the nature of the sport. And you know, and, and, and this happens a lot when guys like the Tua thing with the concussions, and and you see it. You know, when when guys like Ryan Chazier and uh, guys like have these devastating injuries or these devastating moments. Um, I yeah, I don't, I don't really know how else they can handle it other than let guys speak their minds. I mean, you even think about it with um, you know Mike White uh, fractured his ribs and he was trying to force. I, I forget. I think it might have been Ryan Clark talking about this. Yeah, it was Ryan Clark. So Ryan Clark had a story about how uh, he he had a bad injury or whatever it was, and he was like he got a series of doctors to clear him, and he presented them to Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin was like, "Look, if you were my son, I would not be letting you go out there, so I'm not going to let you play." And then Ryan Clark's like, "I'm oh, thankful he didn't, you know, I, he got him, he, he saved me for myself." And and with Mike White, you know, he kind of was doing the same thing. You know, he was he was trying to find all these doctors to let him play. Um, but fractured ribs, if you hit that hard enough, like I'm not a doctor, but I imagine that would have been bad. So I don't know. It it has everybody reflecting on this. I, I personally think about like what, you know, DeMar, nobody, he wasn't like a a well-known name before all of this. Now he's like the most famous athlete in the world right now (laughs) or in in America. Um, And I I think about like what is, what his family's going through. Um, They're on such a public stage. Like, I don't know, not, not to make this about me or anything, but like I I unfortunately um, been in situations dealing with heart attack related stuff. My dad had one in 2020 during the pandemic, uh, August of 2020. And I was it was during the pandemic. So I was living at home. It was I was able to rush into the hospital shortly after it happened and he was able to survive, but he was in the hospital for a month. There was a lot of scares in between then. So I know like the journey that to a degree that is head for Damar and his family. And it's not a straight and narrow path it's very scary. Um, he has a great support system, I I imagine, but, um, so yeah, I I think a lot about the people close to him dealing with this. It's, it's really heavy and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of went on a little rant there, but that's been a lot on my mind these last few days.
0: Well, and we're in a kind of a unique situation here on this podcast because Marissa, you obviously are a family member of an NFL player, you know, with Michael. Um, so, I know you were with him, I believe, on Monday night. Just talk about that and and his his emotions and how that becomes your emotions as his wife.
2: Yeah, I'm. I mean, trying not to cry while I say it, like you know, everything. What Zach was saying, like, uh, we were actually had we have game night a lot of Monday nights because the players are off on Tuesday. So, um, I was actually with uh, a bunch of Michael's teammates and their wives and we just started playing a game. We had the Monday night game on, you know, they had ordered pizzas, everything. And it was just like silence and like watching them watch what was going on was heartbreaking, like truly heartbreaking. Like, you know, they're on the Browns, these guys are on the bills, but they're all part of this NFL family and, you know, this brotherhood that everyone talks about, but it's true. And, you know, they all work so hard to get to this point, but you never, something like this should never happen on a football field, playing a child's game, you know, And it's truly horrifying because I can't imagine what his mother was going through watching that. You know, we've talked about seeing injuries on the field and, you know, an ankle, anything is like, you know, that's your loved one. That's my husband. Like, I never want anything bad to happen to him and to have to witness that. And for honestly, like watching the reactions of the other players, like that was so traumatizing and I don't know how they I don't know how they go out there like and play a game you know like it's it's bigger than football like it puts so much into perspective and you know obviously I work in media and you know we talk about the x's and o's and all of that but like all of that seemed so meaningless and it's a good reminder that like this is a game and at the end of the day like in an instant life can change and I think you have to, you know, in everything, remember what's really important at the end of the day. And, you know, DeMar Hamlin is is the most important thing right now, not the playoffs, not seeding, nothing else, you know, and getting him healthy. And I a huge credit to the doctors and trainers. And, I mean, I did not, you know, like my husband plays in the NFL and I did not know the procedures that they have in place. Yeah. And hearing that now, like all the different – doctors and and different specialists that are on a sideline for an ML, NFL game is is unbelievable to me. I had no idea of that. No idea. And to see them like, you know, work in action and and get him to the hospital and do what they had to do while like, you know, they're in the middle of this stadium like I, they deserve so much credit and, you know, they are true heroes and I just think at the end of the day like you know we're gonna talk about the quarterbacks and you know that's what we're gonna do and that's like you know why we love this game but you know we all have to remember that it it doesn't matter you know like your your family your loved ones people's health is is what's important at the end of the day
0: yeah really well said by both of you um and it's it's tough to transition obviously from that to to uh to football and um a struggling football team obviously but but we'll do that um now and get get into the jets a little bit um looking back it's been a few days now so um you know we've i don't think the uh the vibe of of where this team is right now has has changed much though over those la- last couple of days i think we went into week 17 there was a lot of hope around this football team mike white was back And now we're in a position where it's just kind of like, okay, there's really no quarterback um, for 2023 on this roster. And we'll get to that. But Zach, I I did want to start because we always start with the quarterback. Um, But I actually wanted to start with the defense this week because they were good again. Like there wasn't a lot of points scored against this team, but there was early. And I felt like in this game. For a team that is led by its defense, clearly, and has been all season long, um, the defense needed to set a tone, and the defense did the opposite of that on Sunday when Seattle goes three plays, touchdown, to start this game. And I just want to start there because it's been a theme, I guess, late in the second half of slow starts for the defense, but this one really stood out to me because of how quickly Seattle struck, and it was like, Okay, bam! This game feels like it's going off the rails two minutes in, or I think it was a minute and a half in.
1: Yeah, that's kind of been an issue a few weeks running now, um, and it's such an interesting topic because I, I think if the offense had been playing better this season, this half of the season, uh, we probably would focus more on the, how the defense keeps struggling in the same way each week. Like they, at the end of the game, they're still giving up less than twenty points most weeks, and they're still doing their job. Like they, when they start slow, they finish well usually. Yeah um so it, it's been very interesting that where i feel like the struggles that the defense has had haven't had as much of a focus because they're not the problem necessarily but um i think you saw the biggest weakness on this defense and we kind of talked about it throughout the year especially the beginning of the years the middle of the defense the linebackers and the safeties uh have been the biggest weakness on this defense it's gonna be an area they really have to address they might have completely revamp those groups to be honest with you if you look at um you know cj Mosley is a cap casualty candidate i don't i don't think they want to get rid of him i could see him taking a pay cut or whatever but um he does struggle in coverage for as good as he's been otherwise he does struggle in coverage um quincy williams he's as likely to make a huge hit as he is to completely whiff on a tackle Quan alexander solid he's not like a starter probably at this stage of his career so that's three linebackers right there i just listed they're all they're starters basically so i think they have to revamp that group and safety i think is has been the bigger issue because you've seen teams really tack the middle of the field they've Seen tight ends really, especially lately, play well against them. Um, uh, you know, Jordan Whitehead, I, I think he's probably fine if he's not your best safety. Uh, but I think he has had some struggle this year where he's had to be the guy. I think Lamarcus Joyner, uh, has had some real serious swings of up and downs this year. Uh, he's hurt, he's not going to play this week. Tony Adams did show some flashes, undrafted rookie, but um, I think that's that's an area that you're going to see Joe Douglas address this offseason. I think. The rest of the defense, you could argue they're in pretty good shape. They might need a defensive tackle because they have a couple of guys hitting free agency. We're going to get into the offseason stuff coming up. It's hard not to think about it because their season's kind of over. Um, but, yeah, I think you're going to see them either draft or sign guys at linebacker and safety that can make more of an impact. Uh, I think safety for me is would be a bigger priority. Uh, I, I just think it's, it's – linebackers in the modern NFL you can't get away with just having like okay guys there I think safety you need a, you need at least one like really good safety especially in this defense And you have uh, it's pretty obvious that you're not going to hit target the outside really against the Jets defense because they have maybe the best cornerback doing the league. and so you've seen these last few weeks with these running backs these tight ends these short passes in the middle of the field Michael Carter the second, I think has been solid in the nickel but I also think nickel corner might be the hardest job on any defense just because they're kind of in the middle of traffic there and um, I think they're more likely to give up yards because on slants, they're, they're going to probably get the catches on slants and stuff like that. And so I think maybe the numbers have bloated with Carter. I think he's been solid. But anyway, they need the middle of the field to get short up on defense. It's going to be a major priority for, I mean, we're again, we're going. I kind of wrote about a little bit what uh, today, what they have to do this offseason. We'll get into that probably later in the week or next week. But, you know, the priorities are obvious on offense. I think defense, maybe they're less obvious, but they need a clear cap. Uh, and they need to fill those roles in the middle of the field. And if they want to compete in the AFC East in particular, where these offenses are only going to keep getting better, you have the bills offense, the dolphins, whether it's two or another quarterback or whatever it is, like they have obviously elite talent there, uh, and the Patriots, you know, the Patriots know how to ding and dunk you to death if that's what they have to do. So, uh, if the jets want to get out of the, the bottom of the AFC East, uh, a big part of that's going to be how they fix the middle of that defense
0: you mentioned the cap room and, and this team was in a perfect scenario with rookie quarterback contract and then building the team around him. And then you kind of have to throw that out right now. And that's one thing you need to free up money because they're probably going to have to go out and spend money to fill that quarterback position. Yeah. Um, even if Mike White had been the guy, he was going to be a free agent. You're going to have to pay him in some way, mm-hmm. but um, let's move to that now. And Mike White, who, to be honest, like, I think I texted you guys at one point, it looks like Zach Wilson's out there on the field. That that was kind of his performance. He has the rib injury. I get yeah. that, but he didn't use it as an excuse. And I feel like it's it's not fair to use it as an excuse anyway, because he's been practicing for weeks. Um, obviously he was cleared to play finally this week, but he had been cleared to practice. 23 of 46, 240, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, that's the that's the completion percentage we've seen from Zach, right? 50 right around 50 percent. Uh, the turnovers. It was that kind of performance. He was missing guys. The accuracy that we've seen with him, that's been key to his success, wasn't yeah. really there. And it makes you say, right now at this point, I think there's no way you can go into 2023 thinking that your starting quarterback is on the roster right now. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, I do think it's fair to say, and I think it was
1: pretty obvious that he was. I don't know if playing scared is the right way of putting it, but he clearly he was, like you said, looking more like Zach Wilson, indecisive. Um, the easy throws were being made easy. And I, I'm sure the ribs was a part of that, but the unfortunate reality for Mike White is this was his opportunity to go out and prove that he could be a starter. And he, you know, it might be harsh to say, but he probably lost. some I don't know, maybe it's not the right way to say it, but he lost some money uh, on Sunday, I think. Cause I think if he goes out and he wins that game or plays better uh, he's going into this offseason season and whether it's with the jets or not, he's probably going to get some pretty good money. I still think he'll, he'll still have been getting like generational wealth, no matter what he signs. Uh, but I I don't know what that looks like now. I don't know if that means he comes back to the Jets as the backup. Um, unfortunately, it really does come down to that one game. He could help himself against the Dolphins for sure, but um, I, you couldn't walk away from that with anything other than the belief that they need to go and get somebody. Uh, they probably knew that anyway. I think ultimately like Mike White was probably not going to be their starter next year. He would have had to play really well and get him to the playoffs and all that stuff. Uh, I, I think Mike White could be a very – quality high-end backup in the league he still has to prove that he can be a full-time starter um but yeah that you know that was one of the bigger takeaways that the offense and we'll get into like the the problems with this offense but it was as stagnant as it's been over the last since the bye week basically uh if you remove the bears game which is one of the worst defenses in the league although these defenses they've played the last like five weeks i think four of them were among the worst defenses in the league so i don't even know if you (laughs) could like it by any way you slice it, it looks bad the way this offense has played it's not Mike White's fault. it's not Zach Wilson's fault. they are big contributors to that and I think it's pretty obvious that um you know it I think getting a good quarterback doesn't fix all their problems but it does fix a lot of them because if you have a quarterback that you trust back there whether you have a bad offensive line or you don't have the weapons around outside of Garrett Wilson that you trust you you at least have a quarterback that you believe is not going to make back breaking errors. So that that's what they need. They need quarterbacks that are going to do that. They need to fix the offensive line. They need to find more weapons, all that stuff. But um, it's, it's very, whether they're a quarterback away, whatever that means, I don't know. I think they're a quarterback away from having a competent offense. And that's kind of like the first step towards relevancy for this team.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Requires high speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV terms and restrictions apply. We've talked a lot on this show about how like there's just not that many great quarterbacks anymore. It seems like there was, we went through a golden era of quarterbacks and, and it's gone. And now if yeah, you get a good one. But the fact is like, if you have a good quarterback, he makes players around him better. Right. And the jets were just trying to find a quarterback at this point that like allows the players around them to, be at their regular level, right? They're not even trying to like make them better. Like, if you could get that guy, and I don't know if that guy's even out there when you think about the quarterbacks that they're, that they may end up with it, you know, they they will probably end up with a proven starting quarterback yeah. in the NFL, but I don't know if it's the guy that's going to make his teammates better. Um, that's, that's it. I do think Mike White, like, I'd love to see him back as the backup, right? Like, yeah. the thing about him is there's not that many backup quarterbacks in the nfl whose teammates i think believe in them like mike white's teammates believe in him i mean he's so good at, he's such a good teammate from all accounts great in the locker room and if your starter goes down and he has to come in we know for a fact that like the jets players will see mike white coming out and be like all right right, i think that their we're in good attitude hands, would be okay we're good you know what i mean there'd be no panic with him coming out so i I'd love to see him back as the backup. I don't know how that works out. You have to deal with Zach. Um, I mean, I'd love to see Chris Treveller back too, but that's maybe selfish, you know. But do you, <laughs> you know, what do you think? Like, do you think Mike White is a Jet again next year?
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I think it ultimately comes down to, you know, as time goes on, I, I feel it's more likely than not that, I'm not saying, I don't know, a percentage, but more likely than not that Zach is at least on the roster going into the off season. Right. um training camp like I I do think you know the best the best case scenario with a trade is not going to be something that the Jets feel great about probably so um especially with a staff that you know put a lot on Zach they and Salah said a lot of very interesting things about Zach today and about how they're still committed to developing him and how he thinks he needs to get away from football and go on a beach and read a book and all that stuff and try to find himself kind of thing um but uh yeah so I think what becomes the question is, are they willing to carry three quarterbacks all year again? I I imagine I think the issue, if you get somebody like a Jimmy G, is that he's very injury prone. And so you have to decide, are you okay with Zach Wilson being your number two quarterback next year? The reality is a lot of number two quarterbacks aren't very good. Um, and in theory, Zach's ceiling is higher than probably almost all number two quarterbacks. Um, but you also know that his floor is below, is as bad as any quarterback in the league. So I, I would bring back Mike White personally. I don't know what that would cost. Probably more than he made this year, maybe. I, I don't know. He's in it. He's very like we've talked about. He's I'm just like fascinated to see what the rest of the league thinks about him. I think he's good enough to like if there's a team that is drafting a quarterback highly and they want somebody to compete with him in training camp. I think Mike White's a good candidate for that kind of thing. Uh, Or if there's some like the Cardinals need a quarterback until Kyler Murray gets back next year. Like I like it. I don't know. I think that there would be interest in him around the league. I, I just don't know what level. And the Jets have, as we kind of alluded to, in addition to paying whoever the next quarterback is, they also. I mean, in order to do that, you're going to have to cut a bunch of guys, um, Corey Davis, maybe Carl Lawson, maybe C.J. Mosley. Um, so you're going to have to fill the holes of the guys that you cut, which is something people forget about when they're talking about, oh, there's no cap. Well, you, you have to cut a guy to save the cap, and then you have to replace that guy that you just cut, and you have to hope that you get a guy that's as good as the guy you cut at least, um, which is complicated. And on top of that, you're losing half your offensive line. You have to fill those spots. You need to fill a spot at safety you know, Marcus Joyner, free agent uh, Sheldon Rankin's free agent, uh, Greg Zerline, they have to bring back. Um, so you have a lot of, for a team that we talk about has a great roster. They do have a lot of question marks and a lot of holes to fill without a lot of cap space. So, um, anyway, so that, that's kind of like all factors into the Mike White discussion is how much is he going to get paid? How much does he want to get paid? How much does he want to be back in New York and how much to, are they willing to go into a training camp with three quarterbacks that are probably going to be on the roster. They, they did that all year this year. I think, worked out fine you wind up having injuries and and makes things complicated with the roster gymnastics and stuff but um i mean they they have enough quarterbacks on the roster that they called up one from the practice squad and played in one week so um i think they're willing to carry three quarterbacks but that's that's going to be the discussion for mike way i know the coaches love him here uh, i know he loves being here but he also probably wants to be a starter somewhere or at least have the opportunity if you if they get jimmy g Maybe he'd use that as a chance that he might play later in the year, or if they get Derek Carr, he might look at that as I don't have a chance to start here. I'm gonna go somewhere else. Like he's gonna be a topic this off that I'm interested in. Um, more interesting is who they go after to start. But uh, but yeah, you know we we went into these last couple of games as like this is evaluation for Mike. Um, unfortunately, the first game that evaluation went about as poorly as it could have, just about. Um, so he he needs a week week 18 is as much a evaluation for the jets with him as it is for him putting good tape out there for the rest of the league. So the dolphins are a team that's trying to make the playoffs, So they're going to be trying. So it's not like he's going to be going against like, you know, a a team that's benching other guys like the giants probably will this week. So it's a good opportunity for Mike to win, make himself some money for another team. I think the jets know what they have in him at this point. So, um, yeah, so this week is a big one for Mike in his career. I would say.
0: As this season kind of went along in the second half, um, I think our attitude about this team generally stayed the same. Like, okay, they're not getting good quarterback play. They've caught some bad breaks, like some dumb mistakes along the way have kept them from winning more games. But we, we talked a little bit through text on during the game on Sunday, like, were we completely wrong about this team? Like that's, (laughs) that's my, my other question. Cause the one thing is good teams get better as the season goes on right, and well coached teams get better as the season goes on. Like we've said all year that the Patriots aren't a good team. um, And I don't think they're getting good coaching from their coordinators, but Bill Belichick is still there. And it's hard to deny the fact that they've gone out here over the last month and they've won the games that they need to so that they're going into week 18. Granted they're playing the bills, but they control their own destiny and we've seen other teams get better as the season goes on. Look at the, look at the Packers um they were done halfway through the season the lion yeah yeah there's so there's a lot of these teams whereas the jets have gone the other way and it kind of made me question everything like is this a good coaching staff you know what what are we looking at here with this jets team and i don't know what your thoughts are on that zach yeah i mean it's a good way to approach it um the topic because
1: i the bigger problem i have is offensively you know i i I think they have a really solid core of talented, like very talented guys. It hasn't changed. Like you haven't seen sauce hit a wall, which is amazing. You haven't seen DJ Reed uh, take a downturn. If anything, DJ has gotten better. I think uh, you've seen Garrett Wilson really come into his own. Um, you've seen flashes from a guy like Jermaine Johnson. So like you have the, you have these and you have AVT and Brees Hall coming back. But so, so you have that aspect. You have this rookie class that, you know, in a lot of ways, probably saved both of their jobs uh, in theory. I mean, I, I, who knows what what Woody Johnson is going to want to do over these next couple of weeks. But um, anyway, to to your, to your point about getting better, I think that that's the most concerning thing. And especially on offense, like I I was thinking about it, like who on offense either got better as the season went on or who on offense exceeded expectations this season overall. And I, I had to really rack my brain and I'd say who exceeded expectations. I mean, I guess you could say Bam Knight, but that's because he was an undrafted rookie. I think he's kind of fallen off a bit. Garrett Wilson is better than anyone could have expected. Uh, And other than that, like, I don't know, I don't know what expectations were for Nate Herbig, but, you know, I think he's come down to earth the last few weeks. I think guys like George Fant Hurt, but, you know, below expectations, I think Um, Lincoln Tomlinson below Uh, Michael Carter has had a bad year. Braxton Berrios, the contract they gave him, not a good year. CJ Uzama, you know, he's played well lately, but they paid him a lot of money and he has like less than 200 receiving yards or something like that. Um, Elijah Moore, you know, I, we, I hyped him up as much as anybody in this roster in training camp. Not a good year. And I know there's a lot of circumstances in the quarterbacks and all that stuff. Uh, Denzel Mims, less than 200 receiving yards this year. Uh, You know, I think Connor McGovern has had his ups and downs. He's been solid, but I'm not positive if they want to bring him back or not. I think that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, You know, Dwayne Brown battling a shoulder injury. I don't think you could have asked for anything more from him. But anyway, the point being, like, I just list all these guys, and a lot of them are rather below expectations or – did Not get better as the season went along outside of Garrett Wilson, and you know that that's where the coaching staff is going to take a lot of deserved heat. I think, uh, we, we can maybe, maybe we'll save the like full deep dive into the Michael Ford topic for either later in the week or next week about my thoughts on like whether he should come back or not. Um, I think it's complicated just because, um, if you fire him, you have to hire somebody, and it's not, it doesn't become the most appealing job anymore because, number one. They have to run this offense solid once to run, which is the Shanahan offense. And number two, it doesn't look like an appealing job because if everybody's in the hot seat coming in here, why would you want to come in for a year? Um, I guess I wound up talking about it more than playing just now, even. But um, but yeah, so I I think but anyway, the 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 lack of development I think is the biggest not even more than like the lack of production or you know, lack of scoring. I think that the lack of development is the biggest knock against Michael Floor and it's concerning and you know I know they have to add, add some talent but they, they invested a lot in the offensive line the offensive line has not been good and I know there's injuries and that's a very important part of it uh the quarterbacks have not gotten better um you know as good as Mike White was in that Bears game he, he hasn't been that good since then that Wilson obviously is the biggest topic of discussion development wise Elijah Moore hasn't taken a leap forward like the, the offensive players are not developed in the way that uh, you want to see from a team that should have been at least competing for the playoffs going into week 18 and, and they're not. And ultimately that falls back on the offense and and the coaching of the offense is an issue and the injuries are an issue, all that stuff. Um, there's always going to be the what if of what if Brees Hall doesn't get hurt in that Broncos game. Uh, I think it's it's pretty crazy that a running back wound up being their most important player, arguably, but that's kind of like where the Jets were this year. The offense was bad enough that he added an explosiveness that nobody besides Garrett Wilson did. So um, they have a lot of questions to answer going into this offseason. I think, you know, when Robert Solomon meets with Woody Johnson, he's gonna have to explain what went wrong and why the offense did not get better, why it got worse as time went on and why the effort was pretty poor the last two weeks and and why they collapsed. And and he's gonna have a lot of, you know, hard conversations with ownership and and Joe Douglas and all that stuff. And they have to figure out what went wrong and how they can fix it. And I don't know what the exact answers are outside of quarterback, but uh, the development is a problem for sure.
0: You mentioned effort. That's a good point, too, that I didn't even get into. But that that did feel like a problem on Sunday, um, especially in that first half when I, we mentioned the defense and coming out flat. But um, they didn't see – and this is just watching on TV, right? Like I don't know what was going on down there. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. You're closer to it than me. But it, it seemed like the whole team – like you would expect week 17 um, a good chance that winning two in a row – gets you into the playoffs that this team would have just come out flying. And I just, I just didn't see that.
1: Actually, I'm pulling up, but Kyler Conklin had a, had a great quote uh, about this. I want to say, um, okay, here it is. Uh, this is been in the locker room. He said, it's hard to talk about when you walk off the field. The one thing I keep coming back to, it just felt like for the implications of this football game, we just got flat at times. And then he started getting into some specifics and um but he said that a few times he said that in another post-game interview we did with the TV station that it felt like they just came out flat and they didn't have, you know, I take that as we didn't come out with like the energy and, and, you know, fire that we needed to win this game. And that's concerning, especially if a, a guy who I think is a leader on the offense is, is kind of admitting that. And it was in the, in the immediate aftermath of a game, these guys are, you know, they're deep in their emotions and they're not, maybe, you know, it's more like off the cuff. And I think that's where you kind of find out how guys really feel sometimes. And, the fact that one of the guys is admitting that they came out flat is is a problem you know they this was a do or die game and and it was pretty clear from the beginning they were not ready for it uh, defensively or offensively and i i think salas has said like these last two weeks more than the overall losing streak because you know they in his head they could have they could over should have beaten the vikings it was down to the end the bills um even the lions to a degree uh but these last two games against the Jaguars and Seahawks, it just not feel like the effort was there. And that's another thing they really have to reflect on and why that happened. And And I, and I think it's going to be very important for Salah's sake that these guys come out and play with better energy, even if the game doesn't matter on Sunday. They're playing against Skylar Thompson, a third-string quarterback in the Dolphins most likely. Uh, and if they come out and they don't look like they want to be there, that's, that's not going to reflect very well on, on this coaching
0: staff. Yeah, that's a great point. And the, 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 I feel like it's like a catch 22 for Jets fans. Like they beat the Dolphins and suddenly maybe that, that gets New England into the playoffs, which is going to sting. <laughs> like we talked about it when they lost the second game to the Patriots. Like if they end up some at that point, somehow, if they end up, you know, tied and they won't even be tied at this point, but it comes down yeah. to like the losses to the Patriots, like how would, how do you deal with that? And Uh, it's starting to feel like that's actually going to happen here. Not that they're going to lose a tiebreaker to the Patriots, even worse. They're going to finish behind the Patriots on record. Yeah. I mean,
1: I I, I thought about this and I I think I I wrote this in my story today. Um, They're kind of back where they started, which is in last place in the AFC East, most likely Um, which, you know, we didn't think it would be here if you had asked us at the bye week or earlier this season, but Ultimately, when the season ends, whether they exceeded expectations win-wise, which they if they get eight wins, that's kind of like where people are predicting, uh, which a lot of people – again, this is kind of like the complicated discussion we've talked about of if you had said before the season they get seven or eight wins, they're happy with that. But the way it happened is kind of like where people aren't happy. Um, kind of lost my train of thought there. But, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, oh yeah, how they would be so, – if they end the season, they're in last place in division. It doesn't really look like they made a lot of progress in the standings, and that's kind of where you want to see the progress. So um, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on this team next year. It's probably gonna be a playoffs or a lot of people are getting fired type situation, and whether that's fair or not, you can debate. But um, that's where this organization is at. They have the longest drought, at least in football, and I think maybe in sports of being in the playoffs. Like it's it's that degree of they've it's 12 straight seasons now. I, I should memorize this at this point. Um, Twelve, yep. And no matter, I feel like it's
2: worse because the Giants made it. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point too. Honestly, like you know, um, all the
2: hype going into like when they were both on fire, and it yes. was like, wow, like New York football is back. And you, and
1: you know, Woody is is hearing and seeing that, and yeah, and I think it doesn't help Salah and the staff that I think the big discussion has been the Jets have the talent, the Giants have the coaching. Whether that's like a mm-hmm. very simplifying it too much, like. Giants do not have talent on paper and they're in the playoffs. And not only in the playoffs, they're going to get to rest everybody in week 18. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you know Woody is hearing all this stuff. You know, um, like I, I even th- – this it's not as bad as it was when I covered the Giants last year, but I think about late in that season, everybody thought Joe Judge was safe, um, including me. And then he has a really bad press conference. I don't think Salah's is going to do that. And then in the last game, he goes viral because – the Giants like do a victory formation deep in their own territory on third on third down. Like they gave up <laughs> and they got mocked for that. And I whatever you want to say about owners, that they don't like being the laughing stock of the league. So that's why I think it's important that the Jets don't go out and get killed on Sunday. More beyond like just how bad that would look. I for the sake of this coaching staff, they they do not want to be mocked. Cause the Jets this season for the first time forever were not mocked outside of the like Zach Wilson stuff. And I I think Woody Johnson listens and reads all that stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah, you, you just hope it doesn't go down in flames because this collapse is bad enough. And if they handle it poorly, it, it looks even worse. I mean, you even saw like with the Broncos, it, like who knows if Hack Hackey was probably getting fired anyway, but that, that, the, the game after he got fired, not, not only did they get killed, but they had like teammates fighting on the sideline and they had all the Russell Wilson stuff. And, and so it, you, you just don't want that to happen. They Salah's done a great job of like keeping things in the locker room and, making it so things didn't really go crazy other than the Zach Wilson press conference. So um, that's definitely something to think about this week. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: All right. How's the chat going, Marissa? I do want to check in on on how the, the fans are feeling right now.
2: So kind of like we talked about, I think a lot of concern at quarterback. Um, I think that's a given, but I will say that not surprise me because we've obviously talked about the defense, but a lot of people are pretty disappointed in the defense. So I feel like yeah. that those are the two the two comments that we're getting from everybody. Um, but I think everyone is just intrigued at how they handled this offseason because like you said, this could be – Joe Douglas and Robert Sala's last off season with the Jets. So, how do they go about, you know, l- learning from what went wrong this year and taking it into next year? I think is is kind of the vibe that I'm getting from the chat today.
0: And I see Barney Miller here saying, uh, "Can we trade Woody?" And this is the first off season that Woody, since his return, will be able to kind of be an influence. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I think too is if if he like trusts in the hires that his brother made for another year, or if he's going to stick his head in there and try to shake things up. It's going to be really interesting to watch. All right. Any last thoughts, Zach, before we say goodbye? Um, not really. You know that it,
1: it's going to be interesting seeing how this week plays out when everybody talks about, um, I think there's gonna be, Michael Ford is going to be the big topic of conversation. I think over this next week and a half, I will get into this at the end of yes. the season, but um, I am fascinated to see how it plays out in terms of Woody seeing all the talk about the offense. I know Robert Sala came out you know, pretty staunchly defending the floor the other day and told a story about how when he was the 49ers defensive coordinator, he had a really bad year. Everybody wanted him fired. Shanahan stuck with him. Uh, and it obviously paid off and went to the Super Bowl. Sala is the head coach here now. Um, and when he said stuff like that, he's saying it more for Woody than for us or for the fans, I think. So um, I think there's going to be some real hard discussions behind the scenes. And, and you know you're gonna you're, we're probably gonna find out exactly uh, what that looks like in terms of how much they're willing to let Salah run keep going with his program and how much they're gonna try and force his hand and I, I'm I'm fascinated to see how that plays out I think that's kind of yeah. what's on my mind over the next week and a half.
0: All right, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll be back again on Friday to get you ready for the Dolphins game. We'll probably talk a lot more about other things than actually the Dolphins game, uh, but we'll be back on Friday. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with us as we, you know, waited an extra day to get to you on this one. Uh, but we will talk to everybody soon here on the Can't Wait podcast. You can join the Athletic for uh, Marissa.
2: I think it's two, back, yeah, two
0: dollars a month for 12 double the price of the of the <laughs> Still worth it.
2: Still
0: worth it. Still That's worth it. Great great value, go to theathletic.com slash can't wait and we'll talk to everybody.